Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Thank you for being with us. I'm Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Well, we have a very interesting show for you today. One of the things everyone seems to be curious about is the office market. What are we thinking of what has happened so far kind of pre-vaccine? And what should we expect in the future post-pandemic? Um, and we have an expert here to let us know what he's seen so far, Michael Rossell. He's Director of U.S. Office Analytics with the CoStar Group. Michael, thank you for joining us. Great to be with you again, Michael. Thanks for having me. Well, Michael, I, I hear a lot of people saying uh, company wise that, oh, they don't need office space, so they're going to need less <laughs> office space. <laughs> and I hear some companies saying, oh, my goodness, I, I really need more space so I can get the, the benefits of people being together, but, but spread them out and, and give them some distance. So I'm curious from you, as you guys study the, the market so closely, you know, what are you seeing so far for the impact on uh, the office market around the U.S. and if you will, let's start with just vacancy numbers. What do you what what do you've seen the impact so far? Yeah, sure. Uh, there's there's a lot to unpack there, but uh, in terms of the vacancy rates so far, uh, we've nudged up uh, to just over ten percent nationally. Uh, so not not a huge spike. I think uh, we're at historic lows heading into this uh, this downturn. So we were you know at about nine point six nine point seven percent. Um, so really, there hasn't been a dramatic uptick in the vacancy rate uh, as of now. And I think the, the U.S. office market overall, again, headed into this economic downturn or into this pandemic, uh, was really well situated compared to prior downturns. Uh, we had very restrained levels of new supply. As I mentioned, the vacancy rate uh, was hovering near historic lows uh, and absorption had uh, really been on a, a terrific decade-long run. Uh, so we were much better suited heading into weather this storm than we had been in, uh, in prior recessions. Have you seen an impact yet on asking rental rates? I think some people might think that uh, the asking rates should be dropping. Yeah, you know, again, we haven't seen a sharp uh, dip in asking rents, uh, asking rent growth. Uh, I think there was a deceleration in the pace of growth uh, prior to this pandemic, I think as we entered the 10th year of this economic expansion, uh, things were slowing a bit. So we had seen uh, some deceleration in the pace of that growth. Uh, it's accelerated a little bit heading into this downturn, but perhaps interestingly, uh, as of the close of the second quarter, uh, mid-year, asking rent growth uh, still remained positive, uh, wow. if, if marginally positive. And you know, certainly I think uh, on the office sector, asking rents uh, have historically been uh, much stickier coming down uh, than on the way up. Uh, so, you know, it, it may be uh, a signifier that landlords are willing to offer generous concession packages for those few large tenants who may be willing to make a long-term commitment now. But I think largely a great pause has come over the office market. Um, where we're not seeing the dramatic pullbacks we've seen in financial-based recessions. I think largely tenants remain well-capitalized, particularly larger tenants. Uh, landlords, owners of buildings uh, are by and large well-capitalized, and their lenders remain well-capitalized. So um, everybody was in a much better position to weather this storm financially uh, on the office side 
And I think we've seen that materialize as the office sector, one could argue, has been one of the more resilient asset classes uh, thus far during the pandemic. We haven't seen a lot of dramatic uh, negative shifts. Yeah, that's great to hear. And at CoStar, you guys track a lot of things. I don't think you track uh, collections month to month from the office tenants, but from um, your uh, boots on the ground and your discussions, uh, uh, what do you see, what do you hear for collections so far? Right, yeah, well, we don't track that internally. Uh, I can say anecdotally uh, from some of the earnings calls uh, I've listened to from some of the larger national REITs, uh, they've been holding up uh, either on par or very close to on par with levels uh, that they were pre-pandemic or, or a year ago. Uh, so we haven't seen uh, the apocalyptic uh, rent losses or deferrals or abatements that we've seen in the uh, in the retail sector, for example. Um, you know, again, as, a, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, everybody is pretty well capitalized. And I think during this time, uh, technology has been a great benefit. And this work from home experiment uh, has actually uh, been, uh, been treating uh, firms very well because many of large firms mid-sized firms, firms across the spectrum, have been able to continue their business at a relatively high level of productivity. Uh, so it allows them to have income streams coming in, uh, which they can you know, use to pay their rent during this interim before we start heading back to the office. You know, and from what I've heard also anecdotally, uh, for those tenants uh, who are truly experiencing financial distress, um, you know, landlords have been willing to work with them in terms of either a rent deferral, abatement, or making some sort of arrangement uh, and, the, uh, and the lenders for those landlords have also been very cooperative uh, in making arrangements for those tenants who, who truly are experiencing financial hardship now. Yeah, well, it's good to hear that the percentage of those for office use is, is really low. Uh, it's good to hear for, um, you know, the economy and, and these companies to, to continue to at least space and employ folks. And you mentioned uh, uh, lenders have been... Um, uh, have shown some flexibility uh, with some of these landlords as well. Um, and I guess my next question is on, on new supply. You guys track on new buildings uh, that are announced and, and underway and being built. Um, on the buildings that have been announced, are you seeing um, any cancellations on, on new supply? You know, really haven't uh, seen a widespread trend in terms of uh, projects being shelved or delayed. Uh, I think uh, whatever was underway heading into this pandemic um, is still going, uh, still on track to be completed and, and will deliver. You know, and I think largely developers tend to play a long game uh, rather than just look at what's going to happen in the next three to six months. So I think uh, those developers uh, who have broken ground in the last few months are thinking, you know, look, in two to three years when my project delivers, we're probably going to be well past this pandemic and back to normal. So, um, you know, I, I think developers by nature, you have to have a certain amount of optimism to you. Uh, <laughs> and also office projects, you know, aren't getting completed in, in six months or even 12 months in many cases. So uh, I think uh, they're, they're looking past this pandemic. Yeah. And what's your predictions, Michael, on on how the vacancy and, and how the office will perform, say, the rest of the year in 2021, 20, what's the future look like? Yeah, I think our base case forecast at CoStar, uh, we have absorption uh, continuing uh, to slow uh, and dip negative through about mid next year. Uh, we have the vacancy rate peaking at just over 11%, which to put in, uh, in historical perspective is still well below the 13 plus percent we saw during the great financial 
financial crisis in 09 and 010. So our base case has us remaining below that. And, and that's a function of the supply we just talked about hitting over the next couple of quarters, uh, combining with less in demand. Uh, but after that, things start to stabilize uh, and past 2021, we start to see that vacancy rate head back down to what's uh, closer where we are uh, today or where we were a quarter ago. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. And what about uh, sublease space? Because I know that uh, I see some sublease space coming on the market. Or I see more coming on the market on CoStar than I have in the past. What, what do you guys see there? Yeah, I think uh, largely uh, to date that's been market specific uh, on a national level, uh, year over year, we've seen an increase of about 20 million square feet or so of sublease space that's been added to the market, which sounds like a lot, but you have to put it in perspective. We're, we're an 8 billion square foot market in the U.S., so an additional 20 million square feet actually isn't, um, isn't as detrimental as, as it may appear on the face of it. You know, markets, particularly uh, on the West Coast in the Bay Area, San Francisco, San Jose, uh, there's been a, a large uptick in sublease space that's been put on the market there. But on the whole, uh, I think it's been restrained. Now, of course, all of this is dependent uh, on how, how much longer this pandemic lingers and how much longer uh, the economy uh, remains a bit locked up. So, you know, if there's one thing that, uh, that would keep me up at night, um, it's how long the resilience of the office market will in fact last should this pandemic linger or should we see lar a large resurgence uh, as we've seen in some of the states uh, that have opened and now are reversing those openings. So, um, you know, that's definitely one thing to keep an eye on and, and could change the game in terms of, uh, of our forecast going forward. Michael, where might there be some opportunities in the office market? In terms of investment, um, you know, I, I don't work on the consulting arm of our firm, so I hesitate to give investment advice. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say, um, you know, for all of the talk uh, of the fear of people returning to CBD office space and we're going to see a reverse migration in the suburbs, I really don't see any evidence that that's happened. Uh, and I'm, I'm not confident we're going to see that happen on a large scale. Uh, so I think, you know, your gateway markets with large CBDs, uh, good infrastructure, uh, will continue to perform well in terms of attracting investment dollars. Um, and additionally, I think four and five star newer class A product will be attractive because those have the infrastructure to more easily adapt to whatever the new HVAC and air filtration protocols are going to be going forward. Mm. So in, an increase in adding fresh air to the building, um, an upgraded filtration system throughout the building, the ability for individual suite occupants to control their air quality. Uh, I think, you know, we've seen uh, by and large, the vast majority of absorption in the office market over the last decade, uh, head to four and five star class A buildings. I think this will only increase that trend as employee safety becomes even more paramount. And I think investors uh, will follow where the absorption is and, and, the, and the rent growth is. And I think it's going to continue to be and accelerate in those higher end uh, assets. So you believe then, um, correct me if I'm wrong, that this talk of, of companies leaving the CBD and going to suburban markets either is, is going to be short lived or it, it's just not happening yet? Yeah, it's not happening yet. Um, and, and again, I, I don't see that on a large scale. I, I think people's preferences uh, continue to be uh, living close uh, to urban CBD centers. 
Uh, and it doesn't make sense if uh, the majority of your employees live within 20 or 30 minutes of your CBD location to move an hour and a half or two hours away from the vast majority of your employees in the suburbs. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think that's going to work out well. You know, th there's been talk of the third office concept as well, uh, where you maintain uh, your CBD location, you allow some flexibility to work from home, and then you have a smaller satellite suburban office. But again, that concept really only works if a good number of your employees are close to that satellite office. You know, if you have 10% of your employees there or most of your employees, you know, have to cut through the CBD to get to that suburban satellite office, it doesn't make a lot of sense to do that. That's a good point. Well, what would you leave our audience with, uh, Michael, to think about moving forward uh, uh, with the office sector? Yeah, I think, again, uh, it's been one of the more resilient sectors. We haven't seen the, uh, the tremendous losses that the retail and hospitality sectors have had. Um, I think uh, while um, the increased uh, techn technological capabilities have certainly helped office tenants weather the storm and maintain productivity, uh, I'm not a big believer uh, in, uh, in some, of the, some of the thoughts out there that uh, we're going to sh largely shift to a full-time work-from-home model. Uh, I don't see that being sustainable. A, I don't think uh, employees uh, would want to be home full-time, particularly uh, in this climate where you've had to be a part-time educator and, uh, and parent and full-time employee. Uh, I think it's very difficult for companies to establish any sort of corporate culture or onboarding uh, via Zoom. I think you need to be in the office, have that energy. And I think as great as technology is with Zoom meetings and, uh, and video conferencing, uh, you just lose that sense of collaboration and excitement of being in the office. So uh, if anything, uh, I think there may be a middle ground where uh, employees have been asking for and, and may receive that flexibility to work from home a couple of days a week. Uh, but I don't see um, a large uh, uh, downsizing uh, of firms in terms of their footprint right now. I think we're still in a wait and see mode, how this, uh, how this pandemic plays out over the next six to 12 months. But even if we are at a flexible working model, uh, you're still gonna need the same amount of space to accommodate social distancing for now. Uh, so I think firms uh, have been pretty hesitant to make any major permanent decisions regarding downsizing or, or redesigning their floor plans right now. So yeah. uh, I, I, I don't see uh, the office market cratering. Um, and again, anecdotally, in some of the major leases that were signed in the last quarter, many of those over 100,000 square feet were signed by tech firms, Amazon, Microsoft, uh, video app maker, TikTok. And that was the sector that a lot of people have talked about would be best suited and will likely shift to a permanent work from home model. So uh, we're not seeing that happen. For as many announcements as we've heard from Facebook being flexible uh, with work from home arrangements, uh, by and large, we're not seeing that sweep across the tech firm as uh, industry as, as a whole. They're, they're still leasing massive chunks of office space. Yeah, well, well it makes sense. Uh, can you imagine if you were talking to a really hot recruit and you said, hey, you're going to love our people and you're, you're going to love our culture, but oh, wait, you're going to be home by yourself <laughs> in your apartment or your house. Yeah. Uh, how well is that going to work? Yeah. All right, Michael, thanks for joining us. Great information as usual. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Michael. All right. And uh, look, uh, it, it, what's going to really uh, determine the future of office use and, and remote work and, and the size of, of offices that people need are going to be really uh, what, how do the employees react? What do they want? 
uh, what do employers and executives want. So stay with us right after a short break. Uh, we're gonna talk to the guys at PwC who have done a recent survey of 1,200 employees and 120 executives to kind of see what they think is around the corner. Stay with us, I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Site selection, marketing, and property due diligence has just changed. Check out Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. That's Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. Use promo code CRE Show. You will love this product. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by commercialagentsuccess.com. Check it out. It's the ultimate in commercial training for commercial real estate agents. Well, today we're talking about the office market, and we've considered how the, the market's doing. Um, but, you know, we want to skate where the puck is going. And I know a lot of uh, CEOs and business leaders are trying to figure out how to open back up and what is going to be their current and future strategies for office use, uh, how much space are they going to need? How many people are going to want to work at home? How is that impacting businesses? Well, uh, luckily, uh, Strategy Ann, which is a division of PwC that uh, is consults uh, business owners and leaders on productivity, um, they've done a survey of 1,200 employees or, or office workers and 120 executives on just this subject. Um, and it was completed on June 4th, so it is it's very recent. Please welcome my guest. It's Dennis Kagler, and he's a partner with PwC. He's a member of Management Committee for U.S. Strategy for Business for PwC USA, Lead Organization for Strategy for PwC USA, Lead Thought Leadership and Marketing uh, for, for Growth and Workplace of the Future, and uh, he's joining us here today. Dennis, thanks for joining us, sir. Thank you for having me. I'm Glad sure I'll I'm sure I left off a, a lot of accolades there, but uh, hey, um, you're obviously an expert in helping uh, companies understand how to be productive. And you know that's what's on everyone's mind right now, right? With all these um, uh, employees uh, working at home, starting to get back into the office. Um, so when you look at the uh, survey results, so the first question I have to ask you is, is the office, <laughs> is the office dead? Is it a thing of the past? Oh, no, not at all. Uh, office is here to stay. And at the same time, uh, office, we're expecting the office is going to go under a major renovation. It is not going to be what it used to be. That, that part is clear. We expect it is going to evolve significantly. Rather than being the default where employees travel to get their work done on a Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m., it is going to evolve to be a destination where employees travel for specific purposes. And we see the specific purposes are going to revolve around collaboration and engaging, socializing with their colleagues in the office to build a community, to build their internal relationships and networks. So very much uh, a focused office is awaiting us when we do eventually return to office. 
And when you've surveyed uh, the executives uh, about their um, thoughts on how many of their employees would uh, work from home or, or partially work from home um, as of this first week in June when you did this survey, uh, what did they tell you? I was surprised. Um, so first and foremost, there is a, both on the employee side on the empl and the employer side, there's a lot of interest to continue working from home on a part-time basis. So maybe that was one of the surprises for me that uh, in our survey, 32% of employees responded that they want to work from home all the time. That was much higher than I would have thought before we went into the survey. The flip side of this says 68% of employees want to be office at least part of the time. So the office is not dead. Even the employees want to come back to the office to engage with their colleagues, to socialize, to collaborate. On the employer side, there's a lot more willingness to allow that flexibility for the good of their employees. Uh, before the crisis, what we heard was about 40% of, uh, uh, of the employers said that uh, somewhere around uh, 60% or more of their employees work from home at least one day a week. That 40% is going to increase to 55%. So we're seeing already anticipation that employers are getting ready to provide more flexibility to their employees to work from home more frequently. But frankly, exactly how that's going to pan out, I think a little early to say still, but indications are we're going to see many more people working from home more frequently. Well, it's interesting to compare to um, pre COVID uh, to and during COVID like you just did with the employer's uh, thoughts and but you also said that 32 percent of employees would like to work at home uh, as kind of during COVID as you asked them or in I guess you're talking about in the future work at home right they're already working the at home now that's right but how many of them wanted to work at home before uh, COVID I'll, I'll, yeah much fewer um, so about 40 percent said they never worked remotely they were always in the office. In our survey, we see that number coming down from 40% down to 10%, that they always want to work in the office. So a, a very small percentage always wants to work from uh, the office. Uh, on the other extreme, who always want to work from home, that was uh, 18%. That is going up to 32%. So it's definitely shifting towards uh, working from home. There was a some flexibility in the past, that flexibility is increasing significantly. So what do um, the employers think uh, in your survey uh, about things like you know, productivity, quality, culture, recruiting, I could go down the list, collaboration, yeah. trade secrets, you know, what do they think yes. about those types of things? Yeah, those are very much top of mind concerns. All of uh, those uh, items you listed, Michael, they're, everybody's thinking about those, some more than others, but <laughs> top of mind for everybody. Productivity is an interesting one, um, and at least for the shorter term. We have seen, in most cases, an increase in productivity. Employers reported that 44% of their employees were more productive, and 25% were about the same. So you add up those two numbers, you're just about 70% of employers who said their employees are at least as productive and possibly more productive before the crisis. 
Now, the employees responded something about the same number, but uh, in terms of more productive, they see themselves a little less than the employers do. So the employers are more optimistic about their employees' performance. Um, I think what's happened there is uh, in many cases, we have seen the demand increase, a lot more work happening in response to the crisis without changing the number of employees, like people weren't hiring. So employers met the demand increased workload with the same amount of employees during the initial response to the crisis. So overall, the productivity went up in that sense. I think what we have observed is the working hours expanded during this time. Uh, we're all quarantined. So we're not commuting. A lot of extra time on our hands. Uh, and frankly, what we've heard is employees have poured that excess time to their work. They spent some of that with their families too, and maybe a little bit personal, but uh, anecdotally, one of the executives I spoke to quoted, at least half the time saved from commuting has gone to work. So the workday is expanded, the employees got more work done. I don't know how long that's sustainable, right? And that's a question on everybody's mind these days. Yeah, and it's interesting to hear that, uh, you know, the executives uh, feel that uh, their employees have been more productive. My, my sense in doing business with, uh, different companies and that I, I dealt, I deal with. And it seems like a lot of the people I talk to is like, everything takes forever. People aren't getting back to them. That business isn't uh, going as well. Maybe, uh, maybe that's because I'm in commercial real estate, but uh, it, it, I don't get that feel when we're trying to do business with companies. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, the flip side of uh, the 70% being same or more productive is 30% is indeed less productive. <laughs> so three out of 10 chance you're running into one of them. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Um, when you talk to executives, Dennis, about their thoughts moving uh, forward, um, you know, post pandemic, uh, what do they feel about their square footage of office needs? Um, how many think that uh, they're going to need less? How many think the same and how many think they, they might need more? Yeah, that was one of the surprises for me in our survey. Um, you know, you look at the interest in working from home uh, remotely. Uh, that that 32% always want to work from home. Uh, I did not mention this, but another similar statistic is 72% of the employees want to work from home at least two days a week, right? So two or more days a week. So that's uh, immediately taken away 40% or more of the, the space needs out of an office. So if you, if you believe those numbers, that would say, well, many fewer people will be in the office in the future, so will the companies need the same amount of space? And uh, somewhat of a logical next step there is, well, companies in the longer term are going to need much less space, right? So that's what I was expecting to see. And about 30% of the companies, the executives who responded to our survey said they are indeed thinking about less space. But another 20% said, no, it's about the same. So that leaves you 50% that are actually expecting to increase their space. And the reason for the increased space is one, some companies are indeed counting on growth. So they're going to have more people, so they're expecting to grow their office space. Others cited the social distancing, physical distancing needs to stick around for a little bit longer. So I think there's a lot of uncertainty around exactly when the virus will go away when it does go away, how people are going to react to it. Are we going to feel comfortable being packed in an office space in the future, even 18, 24 months down the road, even when a virus is available, how much of this is going to linger? So there are some 
questions, I think, that are going to take a while to sort out. So we're seeing some executives being cautious, not rushing to reduce their office space immediately. My hunch in the longer term, as things evolve, I think there's a likely to shrink. And at the same time, it's going to be probably much slower than we might have thought. Yeah, that's really and interesting. perhaps not at all. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, it being a, a consultant to, to companies uh, to be productive, I'm sure you've seen over the past several years, the square footage per person, per employee, really shrinking, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And many organizations have gone to this open space concept or unassigned seating hoteling concepts to do exactly that with providing some more flexibility, but also taking advantage of um, the improvements in technology and uh, to connect people virtually. That had been a trend to reduce the office space to pack us a little tighter into the offices. Yeah. And you would think that some of the companies that maybe were early on to go to less square footage per person and go to more mobile and, and work at home concepts might be uh, the technology companies. But, you know, you look at uh, this, this past quarter during the pandemic, I guess Microsoft, TikTok and Amazon uh, have signed big leases. <laughs> you know, it uh, looks like uh, some of these companies have may have been in the forefront of, of mobile and, and working people from home. Has, has that for some of those companies, they looked at it and went, hey, you know, that really hurts productivity or hurts uh, recruiting or retention or, you know, why do some of these companies kind of go to more remote or home working and then come back to the office? Yeah, I don't know about those specific companies, but in the past, uh, there's been some uh, widely, uh, um, some uh, experiments in large companies and uh, that publicly announced their intentions to return to uh, work in the office only. I think in the past, uh, those, at least my experience, five, six years older, or maybe old, even older than that, and at least they cited challenges in collaboration, maybe reduced innovation uh, of, uh, in their business. Uh, I'm wondering if the times are different now, that uh, technology has gotten so much better, and we have generations coming up now that have grown up on iPhones or, or tablets and uh, smartphones and uh, much, much more comfortable connecting with others virtually. So uh, the times might be different now, but I, collaboration, innovation, maintaining a company culture, uh, the relationships among employees, those are definitely top of mind concerns even now while we uh, move to this more virtual model. If that, those might get in the way of a, a broader adoption of uh, work from home models. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to see how many of the respondents that are executives um, are thinking that they might need, you know, more space. And, uh, you know, I think uh, employees are going to like that if, if they get back into the office and um, there are some private offices, there is more room, yeah. uh, even post pandemic, right? I, I, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but you put me in a hundred square foot uh, per person in an open room and uh, I'm, yes. I'm never going to be comfortable with that. Yes. Yeah. I think we will see how this evolves. But, uh, if say 20% of the employees are working from home at any given time, that immediately provides 20% more space for everybody else who's in the office. Yeah. Well, great. Well, what would you leave our audience with Dennis uh, related to um, future uh, use of office space and uh, this working from home? Concept. 
I think I would highlight uh, maybe two points and possibly three. Uh, one is, uh, especially for uh, executives uh, in, in their organizations, think about what this could mean for your own employees. Who wants to work from home? How often? And think about the different uh, roles they perform. Who needs to be in the office to access certain equipment, computers, monitors, paper documents maybe, that ties into the office versus others who might be much more mobile. And think about offering them the flexibility based on the nature of the work they do. So for some, it might be maybe one day a week. For others, it might be three, four days a week. The extension of that is going to be, and think about how you are going to be able to maintain the collaboration, the connectivity among the employees. That is still important, even, even when the technology does allow us to connect from distances, that in-person connectivity is still important and people are still asking for it. So let's think about how we're gonna provide that. For real estate organizations, I think there are some implications around the overall space requirement, as well as what that space looks like. Uh, if the office is going to evolve to provide better collaboration, better connectivity among employees, we're likely gonna see changes to individual office spaces or, or cube farms, I would call. And thinking about more collaborative spaces, much better enabled by technology and uh, connectivity tools. So going back to my earlier statement, the office is not going away yet, but a major renovation is on the way. <laughs> That's right. Well, Dennis, great information. Thanks for joining us, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. And uh, let us know what you think out there. If you're uh, listening to the show around the country, um, what do you think? What, what's your, are you an executive, a CEO? Do you run a, a lead a business? What, what, are, what are your plans moving forward? Uh, share your thoughts. And uh, hey, until uh, next, next show or next week, uh, be sure you always lead, learn and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.